a different rhythm to it, a little bit. Here, Faith and I are trying real hard to listen to each other and make sure we're singing it the same way. And, um, but what a great song. And we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. Uh, growing in our faith. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Um, part of the amazing thing that God has designed with us is the more we invest with God, the more we spend time serving him, the more we accomplish what he wants us to the better at it we can get okay and that's one of the things we're going to be talking about this morning um there's quite a bit we could cover in the end of this sermon on the mount in chapter seven but we're going to break it down into a couple of smaller pieces and this morning uh we're just going to take a few verses and look at truths about prayer so we're going to be looking about truths about prayer um if you look with me, starting in verse 7, please. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or, what man is there of you, whom if the son asks bread, he will give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? So Jesus is giving us a little bit more information about praying. And we're going to look at that a little bit closer this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again. I pray you be with my mind, uh, Lord be with your word, thank you that again we take the words that you have written and remind one another what, we have, what you have said. And Father we try to take these things in and adjust and become better every day. And Lord we just saying the long, longer I serve ye, the sweeter he grows. Uh, Lord thank you so much for making this a growth process. Lord, you showed that to, through us in a physical family to picture our growth in a spiritual family. Lord, you have purposefully called yourself our father for that reason. And Lord, you use this father and son relationship in this passage to remind us. So uh, Lord, I just pray that you would uh, give us the understanding that we need this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So, by way of review, let's hit a couple of these things here pretty hard. Uh, Got to wait for transition team in the back to swap out so we can get ready to go. So, Matthew chapter 7, we're looking at truths about prayer. Matthew 7 is the last chapter of the Sermon on the Mount. And remember, oftentimes, many of these verses have been misused or misquoted. And we dealt heavily with one of those last week in a real scholastic kind of time looking at judging where people say, judge not that ye be not judged. And people take that to mean that uh, their behavior is acceptable and nobody can tell them any different. And we looked and saw very clearly that that is not what God meant, okay, that we are able to judge first our own selves, secondly, the situations and behaviors of others, but only by God's word. 
Okay? We don't judge them by our own personal preferences. We don't judge them by whims or anything else or social constructs. That the Word of God is where we find our foundation of judgment. Amen? And we talked about that, that that's increasing. Well, with that in mind, God kind of is building in this idea of the privilege that you and I have being His children. Okay? Because we are children of God, we have some privileges. One of them is prayer. Okay, so God says, be careful. And remember, what the Jews were doing at the time were prejudging, all right? Um, Go ahead to the next part of the slide. Jesus warns us about judging others, that we are not to prejudge a person. And again, please remember when God had established the Jewish people to bring forth the Messiah, to give his commandments, to lay out so much of what he would be doing uh, throughout history, But that did not mean that the Jewish people were better than anybody else. Okay, And at the time, the Pharisees, the scribes, the Jewish leadership were staring down their nose at people because they were, not only were they Jews, but they were also Jewish leaders in the synagogue and in the religion that they were condescending toward other people. They were all stuck up thinking they were better. And Jesus is warning, listen, Remember, for months we've been talking about this now, but Jesus said, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees, Jesus had been pointing out that their behaviors were not the behaviors that were reflecting what Jesus wanted. And he said, be careful, because you can look at somebody and judge them because of who they are, and that's not how God does things. Okay, He doesn't prejudge. So with that in mind, he's trying to twist this to say, listen, The issue is, if you know God and are one of his children, that's what gives you the privilege. Not where you're born, what bloodline you come from, or where your position is in the religion. Okay? And I could spend a lot more time on this right now because sometimes in Christianity this happens. That people think that they are something special because uh, their grandma used to go there, their great-grandma used to go to this church, Uh, we've gone to this church for a hundred years who cares? Okay, uh, well, you know, I'm a priest or a bishop or a pastor or a reverend or anything else. That doesn't matter either. Okay, it's not based on how long you've spent sitting in a pew or how, what kind of position or title you have. It is based on what is your relationship with God. All right, and Jesus is reminding us. Well, he goes in and says, well, remember something about if you do have a relationship with God, there's a privilege that you have, and it's prayer. So we'll just keep going. We are not to be respecters of persons. Okay? My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. If there come unto you in the assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in uh, also a poor man in vile raiment, keep going, and ye have respect unto him that it weareth the good clothing, and say unto him, Sit down here in the good place, and say unto the poor, Stand thou there. Or sit here under my footstool, are ye not then partial in yourselves that are are become judges of evil thoughts? And again, we're just expanding a little bit on what God was saying. Be careful how you judge. Don't judge people by how they look. Okay? God does not do that. Okay? Keep that in mind. Matter of fact, this next verse reminds us that God doesn't do that. First Peter, I mean, excuse me, Peter says, Uh, Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. So God doesn't judge people by 
the kind of person you are in your riches, in your position, in your, uh, your breeding, if I could say it that way. Okay? Because of this, God's people have the benefit of boldness in prayer. The important part, and we're going to see this in a minute, is that you have a relationship with God. That's what makes you and I special. Now, how many of you struggle sometimes with uh, your self-worth? And if you say you don't, you lie. Okay, we all do. Because, number one, we're sinners, we're broken. The issue is I don't get my self-worth by things I do. I get my self-worth because the God of this universe loves me. And I have a relationship with him. And that's why so many people in this world who don't know the Lord struggle emotionally with depression and things like that. Um, if you know, and Dan kind of hit part number two on this as he ended Sunday school, if you know that you know the God of the universe and you are one of his children, that gives you peace and joy and comfort. And then part two is what Dan said, and you understand that he's sovereign in control of everything, and he always does what is best for us, that's part two, you have nothing to worry about. There should be no, no stress, no worry, no anything if you understand the amazing relationship we have with God. Well, we're doubling down here and God's saying, listen, I don't respect people, you shouldn't respect people. The important part is does that person know God? Do they have a personal relationship with them through Jesus Christ? Okay, you could be rich, you could be poor, you can be beautiful like some of us. <clears throat> um, you, that, you can giggle. Yeah. Um, you could be smart, you could be not so smart. I gotta be careful how I say things, right? None of that matters. The issue is, what is your relationship with God? And we need to understand that our privileges that we have in our faith are based upon our relationship with God and nothing else. Okay, you could take young guys like a Paul, who was a Saul, who was a murderer of Christians, well-trained in his religion. Then you could take somebody like Titus, who was a Gentile, and not trained, and God can use both men with great power. You could take a Jewish-born man who is raised by Egyptians, and becomes third in the kingdom of uh, Egypt and becomes the deliverer of Israel. Or you could take a poor shepherd boy from a family of uh, quite a few sons who just played the harp around the king and God chose him to be. It doesn't matter who you are. It matters your relationship with God. And I love that. I don't know about you. Isn't it great to know that you can become everything that god wants you to be period you don't have to add dot 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 if you go to bible college or if you come from this thing or if you start out as a christian when you're a child or no if you've received the lord jesus christ as savior and you have a relationship with him he can use your best which we just sang about and accomplish amazing things in you and none of the other stuff matters because he's not a respecter of persons. He loves you and me and wants to use us. Okay? So, because we have boldness in prayer as a special privilege, Jesus lays out a couple of truths about prayer. 
Okay, he gives us three of them here. We're not going to spend a long time today. We might get out early. <laughs> Taking bets. Okay. Um, I want to focus on this aspect. Jesus took us through the Lord's model of prayer not too long ago in this passage. Okay, where he lays out a basic outline of how a good prayer should be structured. But here... He gives us the sort of the foundation, the focus, the, the best part about prayer, okay? Number one, prayer is asking God, okay? Yes, it's talking to him, it's praising to him, but prayer in general, making requests of the Lord, is just talking to our Father and asking him. But here's the key. What are we asking him? Now, kind of, if you can rewind a couple of weeks ago, we talked about what prayer is truly about. So prayer is asking. The question is, what are we asking? I need that brand new uh, Ford F-350 super cab, big enough to pull my brand new fishing boat. Right, Lord, that's, I, that's what I'm asking you for, Lord. Or I'm asking you for, for good health, or I'm asking you for my family relationship, or I'm asking you for... Is that really what prayer is? We're going to boil it down today and remind ourselves what the foundation, what the focus of prayer really is. Prayer is going to God and asking. But the question is, what are we asking? All right? Keep that in mind, because when we really get a true bite on this, it changes the way we expect prayer to come out play out right so james says you lust and you have not you kill and desire to have and you cannot obtain you fight why ye have not because ye ask not okay but again why are we asking all right keep going so that was james james 1 5 says if any man lack wisdom let him ask of god that giveth unto all men liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given unto him we need to go to God with our petitions. Okay? That's the key. Prayer is asking. Jesus says, seek, ask, knock. Right? Did you see it in the passage? Look again. Verse 7. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. All that is going to God. Just ask. But what's the question I'm going to keep asking this morning? What are we asking for? Okay, keep that in mind. All right, Hebrews said, Let us therefore come boldly before the throne that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. Again, over and over. We have not because we don't ask. Go ask. Um, I was trying to funnel down in my mind the many times that my three children came and asked things of mom and dad. Impossible. Millions of times. Okay? And yeah, when they're a lot younger, you know, it's can I have a cookie? Can I do this? Can we have a puppy? Can we have a lizard? Can we have a snake? Can we have a, can we have a zoo? You know, uh, 
there are thousands and thousands of requests. And some of those things, Mom and I just looked at and went, yeah, yeah. all right, can we have a buffalo? You know, like, no. <laughs> you know, there are questions already. But when they were at their place where they understood the position of mom and dad, they weren't afraid to ask anything. Can we've said this many times. There is never a prayer request that's too small to God. We have the ability to go approach him about anything. Okay, as the children get older and a little bit more mature, there are certain areas that they, they're not going to get what they're going to ask for, so they don't even ask for it. Okay? Right? Can I go to my friend's house and, and, and sleep over for the next week? And, you know, no. Are your parents going to be home? No. No. Okay, they don't even ask questions like that because they learn. But when they're little, man, they ask all kinds of questions. This is the imagery that God's kind of trying to put out in our minds is prayer is asking. Just go to God. Right? He is the one that's going to provide for us, correct? Everything we need, and we've already looked at this. I'm not going to go back and, and re-preach all that. But God's going to give us what we need. The issue is what do we need? And are we asking? Okay, so keep going. God will give if we ask. Okay? Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I, uh, will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now here's where this kind of comes down to rubber meeting the road this morning. Two things important that we want to look at here. Number one, are you asking in his name? Okay, now, sometimes we take this on the very simplistic thing and say, oh, that means we have to end every one of our prayers with, in Jesus' name, amen. Because if we don't put that stamp on it, we're not going to get what we want because we have to ask it in Jesus' name. Okay, Okay, I understand that, but that's very scratching the surface. When you're talking about number one, this is a reality that you and I only have access to God in prayer because of our faith, because that Jesus Christ is our Savior. Okay, we are saved by his name. We are washed in his blood. His name is above all names. We are Christ-like ones because of that relationship with God gives us the ability to go boldly before God's throne. That's what we're talking about, praying in his name. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people in this world who offer up prayers, but they have not made them in his name. And it's not just by saying a couple of magic words at the end of a prayer. You know, and some of us, you know, somebody will uh, pray, and they're like, Father, thank you so much. Amen. And... He didn't say in Jesus' name. What a messed up prayer that was. Okay, it's not magic words. The only way you and I have access to God is because of Jesus in our lives, period. And there are hundreds of thousands of people who offer prayers on a Sunday morning right now, and they are not in Jesus' name because they are not in a proper relationship with God through Jesus the Son. 
That is how we have access to God, is through it. So, we ask, number one, in his name. Number two, and here's the crazy one that we sometimes have a problem, anything, what, whoop, go back, sorry, she's getting so excited. Um, you ask anything in my name, and I'll do it. <laughs> Lord, in Jesus' name, there's a few people in politics I'd love to just off them right now. Does that mean God's going to do it? The question is, what are we asking for? And that's what I want to focus on this morning. We look at this, and that means uh, that we think an option to have any prayer answered. Right? Because it does say anything in my name. And you can say, well, you know, and we'll look at them in a minute, you know, that you have to ask according to God's will. Well, that's true too. But does that mean anything we ask in his will? Well, it depends on what you're asking for. All right, and again, we've gone over this a couple of weeks back, that prayer is not going to God with a grocery list. And we're going to focus on that in a minute, because again, it's amazing. I don't even have a grip on this yet, so don't think the pastor, oh, you, you're so good, you got it. I don't got this. I'm still learning to trust the Lord in this way, but next verse. John 15, 16 says, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever ye shall ask in uh, the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Oh, there it is again. Whatever we ask him, he's going to do it, right? Well, what are we asking? There's the issue. If we're not going to God with a grocery list, then we're asking for something different. What is it that we're asking? What is prayer truly about? Keep going. Just pray. That's what Jesus is saying. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. You know what? One of our biggest problems is we just don't pray. We've said this so many times that it's the most unutilized part of a Christian's walk. But here's the thing. I love this. Well, and notice, it's because of our Savior Jesus Christ that we're able to ask these things. That's why it is in the name of Jesus. It's not because of who we are because God's not a respecter of persons. It's because of Jesus Christ we have the boldness to go before God. All right? But here's the thing we don't need to learn how to pray, we need to learn to pray. I didn't have to sit my children down and say, when you come and ask mommy and daddy for something, here's how you ask. They just knew to ask. Again, there was a couple of pointers here and there, like, how about saying please? Okay, how many of us have done that? How do you ask? Say please. But that's just by nature they knew, just go ask mom and dad. Okay? Interesting. And sometimes we, we, we don't pay close, close attention to God's word when we read it. Even just before the Lord's model prayer, right? Our Father. He says, the disciples say, Lord, teach us to pray not to our lord teach us how to pray 
Lord, teach us to love, not how to love. Lord, teach us to trust, not how to trust. We need to learn just to do those things. Okay, and that's why I said the longer we serve him, the sweeter he grows as a song. You know how you learn how to pray? Pray. We don't need to learn how. All right, here's the 12-point step on how to pray. No, go to God and talk to him. That's one of the greatest ways. And if you've been in discipleship or discipling someone and you're coaching people on how to work through prayer, you know what the greatest thing to do is say, okay, you pray. I don't know how to pray. Just talk to God. You know, uh, 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 our Father who arteth in the heaveneth. You know, we get into some of the silliest shenanigans when it comes to prayer. We just need to pray. God just wants to hear from us. And that's what God's saying here in this verse. Jesus is saying, listen, ask, seek, knock. I'm here. Talk to me. That's what God wants. Oh, you know what? He didn't say the magic words. In Jesus' name, amen. Erase that one. Come back later when you say it right. That's not prayer. Because I'll, t- <clears throat> excuse me, I'll tell you one thing. You get close to the Lord, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, you might just be getting close to the Lord. You get a close encounter with a car accident, and you go, almost hitting a very baby bear. I heard that this morning, somebody, okay, uh, and your heart's pounding. You know, in that moment, you don't have the, the, the opportunity to say, our Father, who are, and you're like, Lord, help. You know, God hears that too. You don't have to go, man, we just got a, almost was in a car accident. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Is it ritual or is it talking to God? He said, listen, ask, seek, knock, just talk to me. Okay? We learn by doing. All right, number two. Pray without hesitation. Persevere. Okay? There's a word I put up here. Didn't know how to spell it. You're going to laugh at me in a couple minutes. The word I put up is stick to How many of you ever heard that one before? We used that one. Don't ask me how to spell it. I made it up. So it'll be up there. means just pray. Now, please, what are we praying for? Keep that thought in your mind. Right? This is what Luke says. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give to him, because... He is his friend, yet because of his importunity. Now, that's a word we don't hear very often. It's not in the scripture very often, but it means persistence. It means because he continues to ask with a passion. Okay? Because of his importunity, he will rise and give him. God's saying, listen, this is the kind of way we approach God. Keep going in this passage. And I say, ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Sound familiar? Everyone that asketh receiveth, he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh shall be open. God says, stick with it. Okay, be persistent. But what are we asking for? Because if we're not careful, next slide, this is not nagging God. God, I need that new truck. God, I'm praying 3, 10, 12, 15 times a day. Lord, you know, my brother so-and-so, or my finances, or my health, nag, 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 nag. That's not what this means. 
what are we asking for? Because what is the focus of prayer? Okay, we need to be persistent in prayer. Don't we know this one? He's making a parable unto them, saying to this end, that men ought always to pray and not faint. Pray, be persistent, don't faint. Go talk to God and keep talking to God. Right? Because he is the one who will de- uh, that we depend on. He is the one who will provide. But what are we asking? Okay, keep going. Philippians 4, 6. Guys, be careful for nothing. Don't be worried. But in everything, with prayer and supplications and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Go to God and let him know. Talk to him. Make your request. But what are you asking? Okay, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. Praying always, asking, going to God, persevering. Keep going. Here it comes. stick to I, I didn't know how to spell it, guys. There it is. What does it say in the First Thessalonians? We know this verse, right? Pray without ceasing now this again talks about having an attitude and a relationship with god where you are in prayer continuously okay um if i the lord is with me all day long he lives in me he's fellowshipping with me all day long he's there if my wife is with me all day i don't have to introduce conversations with her every time i talk to her right Kim's next to me. We've been you know, hanging out together all day. I don't have to go, oh, wife, who sitteth next to me? You know what I do? Hey, did you see that? We're just in a relationship. It's a natural occurrence. We just talk. Now, that's part of praying without ceasing. But what are we praying for? Am I asking that enough? All right, I hope so, because if we don't understand what the foundation of true prayer is, some of these things fit into categories that it's hard to focus on. I can ask him anything, and he's going to do it? I can pray with uh, perseverance, and it's not nagging? Well, of course, if I'm, all I'm praying for is a shopping list, and I just keep praying and praying and praying and praying and praying for that same shopping list, boy, it's going to seem like nagging, isn't it? And we've talked about that before. I mean, even the verse says it. God is not impressed by your much speaking. So how do we get a balance between not nagging God and trying to impress him because we just know how to pray continuously and praying without ceasing? Well, what are we praying for? Okay? We're looking to discover the mind of God with zeal. Prayer is not to change God. It's to change us. It's not just getting things from him. When we file that in our focus, that completely changes prayer. I don't go to God because I have a list of things I want him to do. I go to God because I need to line myself up with what God has in his plan for me. So how do I pray without ceasing? I pray, God, today, you've laid the steps of a good man are, are laid out every day. Okay? They're ordered by the Lord. So he's got a plan for you today. He's got a plan for me today. 
How do I pray? What do I pray for? Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. But, 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 but my bank account's awful empty. Lord, you need to fill my bank account. Please fill my bank account. I say, Lord, I don't need you to change. I need to change me. How am I looking at this? Maybe I have a low bank account because I've done something stupid. Maybe I have a low bank account because God's just waiting to bless me and work miraculously. Well, I have a health issue. Well, maybe, uh, you know, God's not listening and hearing me because he hasn't healed my health issue. Or maybe God's put you in that scenario because there are doctors and nurses that are not going to be able to meet a Christian beside you. Prayer is not to change God. Prayer is to change us. So if God says, if you come to me in Jesus' name with a motivation of changing you, I'll always give you what you want. Not off the list, but my goal is not to convince God that I need all these things that he's not given me because he, ha- he knows them before I ask. He's already, it says, my God shall supply all your need. It's already supplied. What I need is to adjust me to him. So now if I go to God and say, Father, you said if I asked this in your name, you would do it. Please help me to conform unto your will. God will answer that prayer. Always. What are we asking for? What is prayer for? God, I got a list I need you to answer for me. God, I got some problems I need you to fix for me. God, there's some situations you need to change for me. And God's up there going, no, I want you to line up with what I'm doing, not me to line up with what you want. When we understand that, these prayer request verses make a whole lot more sense. Because we're not praying for what we want, we're praying to make us fit what God wants. Keep going. Habakkuk, what an amazing, and again, this is a small book, we probably, Habakkuk, what? what? Okay, some of us may, Habakkuk, may not even know how to pronounce it. Okay, Habakkuk is amazing. The, the little book, three chapters. God, Habakkuk starts out like this. O Lord, how long shall I cry and thou wilt not hear? Even cry out unto thee of violence and thou wilt not save. Habakkuk's saying, Lord, I'm, I'm praying and you're not answering me. You're not getting what I want. There's violence, there's all kinds of trouble in Israel, and Lord, I'm asking you, and you, how long, Lord? Am I going to pray and you're not answering me? And you remember we talked to stick to Look at here, he says, Verse chapter 2, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower. I will watch and see what he shall say unto me. He says, you know what? I'm going up on my roof and I'm going to pray until I get an answer. How long, Lord? And the answer when I am reproved. And chapter 2, verse 2 says, and the Lord answered me. And at the end of the book, after God describes everything that he's doing in Israel, and it ain't pleasant because Israel isn't living the way they ought to, 
Habakkuk now adjusts himself to God. And look what he says. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. God didn't change. Habakkuk changed. He started out going, I don't understand why you're not answering my prayer, God. And I'm going to keep praying until I get some. And God says, Habakkuk, you need to change. And when Habakkuk changed and realized what God was doing and what God's plan was, Habakkuk had a change of heart. And he says, you know what? I'm no longer crying out going, why, Lord? I'm going, praise God for who you are. I will rejoice in the Lord. Even though God said, I'm not changing the scenario. There's still going to be violence and punishment and things that are going on here. But Habakkuk realized he set himself up, lined up with God's plan, not his plan. Why do we pray? What are we asking for? Are we asking for what we want? Or are we asking, Lord, line me up with what you want? If we would, changes the way we look at prayer. Keep going. Number three, prayer is based on our relationship with God. So we say it's in Jesus' name because you have to be a believer and get the promises through salvation that Jesus gives us, the benefits. But we have a father relationship with our God. Right? God was the one who came up with that. In the model prayer we looked at, it starts out, Our Father who art in heaven. He chose to call us his children and us his father. It's based on a relationship. How is your relationship with God? You know, there was a point in time where one of my children, I won't put uh, that person out there, because we try not to embarrass them completely, but would call on the telephone, and as soon as the phone would ring, two things would happen. They would say, is mom there? which meant I need money. Because mom was the one who would sit at the computer and be able to transfer something from one account to another. And it would be amazing. We wouldn't hear from this child for three weeks. And all of a sudden, brrr, the phone would ring. You got caller ID. You're like, oh, look who it is. Hey, how you doing? Mom there? I mean, that would be it. Not even, hello, father. How are you? You know, not even is mom there. Just mom there and we knew automatically that the only reason they were reaching out was because they needed funds is that the way we treat our father is our relationship with god based upon the fact that we only reach out to him because we need something kind of frustrating as a father you know what the Bible talks about if we regard sin in our heart that the Lord won't hear us? That God talks about in 1 John that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, that if we have the proper relationship with God, everything can be cool. But when we have a broken relationship with God, it affects our entire life. God's the one who said, listen, uh, you guys are dads. If your kid asks you for a bread, do you give him a stone? 
You give him a serpent? You give him a, no. And he said, even you, you earthly fathers who are evil, because we're broken, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more the heavenly father? It is based on a relationship with God. How is your relationship with God? Are you calling him up going, it's mom there? God, I got a list. I haven't talked to you in a while, but here we go. I need this, 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 that, this. Take care of this, that, that. Thanks. And that has nothing to do with conforming my heart and my life to his will. That's me setting up and saying, here's what I want and I need. And uh, how long is that going to take? That's not what prayer is, guys. Keep going. Oh, wait. Did I read that part there? Yeah. Notice the Jew and the Christian, we both are children of God, and he chose that purposefully. A Jew becomes a Christian, uh, excuse me, can become a Christian. A Jew has a father relationship with God because they are a Hebrew. Christians have a father relationship with God because of 1 John 1.12, right? That we, he gives us power to become the sons of God when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, keep going. Oh, look, there's that verse. But as many as received him, that there may be power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. We become sons of God. God becomes our father when we accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our savior, when we put our belief in him. Okay? Is God your father today? Now, I look across the crowd here, and I know most of your testimonies, but this is being recorded and sent out other places. My question is, are you spending a lot of time going to God with a prayer and you're not even one of his kids? Listen, I, lo I love giving my kids things, but when the neighbor kids come to my door knocking on there and asking for things, I'll go home. You have a house that's just down there. I know right where it is. I took care of my own children. How is your relationship with God? Okay, keep going. What are we asking for? Why are we asking it? Notice, in this verse, he doesn't say you'll get what you're asking for. He says, knock, and it'll be open. Seek, you'll find. Ask, and you shall receive. But it doesn't say you're going to get what you want. unless your wanter is right. Now, if I'm asking for that brand new F1, F350, I may not get that. But if I'm asking for myself to line up with what God has for me in my life and the situations that he's brought me into, and Lord, not my will, but your will be done, can I receive what he asks from me? Uh, we dealt with this. God always answers prayer, guys, always. But it's not always what we want. Sometimes the answer's no. Now again, I told you this, I was focusing on when my little ones come up and they ask things like, can I have a buffalo? Y'all know what the answer was, right? <laughs> I've always wanted a buffalo. Okay, no, the answer was no. Okay, we had a struggle a few years back. Somebody was going to give us a tarantula. Well, give Micah a tarantula, so it meant it would be in the house. And 
I didn't have a whole lot of problems with tarantula. Of course, I'm not going to let it crawl all over me, but if you want to keep it in a cage, that's fine with me. Uh, there were those of us, uh, my wife wasn't too bad with it, but uh, one of the ladies at church was scared of spiders that were this big, little tiny things. When we said we might get a tarantula, she said, I'm never coming to your house ever again. Okay, it's in his room, it's in a cat. Nope. Mm-mm. There's sometimes you just had to say no. God always answers prayer, but it doesn't mean we get what we want unless we're asking God to conform us into his will. If you're coming with a shopping list and here's what I need, Lord, here it is, and God says, nope, I'm not going to answer that. But if we come to God and say, Father, I need to be okay with what you're doing. God will say, I can answer that prayer. Keep going. The privilege of prayer is knowing that we have all our requests with God. And this Dan dealt with this when he was teaching through 1 John. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask. We know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Now notice, it doesn't say we have the things that we asked for. It says we know we have the requests. If we would go to God with the proper requests, that doesn't mean God's going to give us everything we always ask for. Those other verses, you ask in my name, will give you anything, if you're asking for the right thing. It's not a shopping list. It's getting me in line with God. Notice this. Paul knew this. Keep going. Now, Paul had this thorn of the flesh, and I didn't write the whole passage, but he had this issue that he was struggling with, right? And it was bothering him. He wanted a a solution to the problem. But this is what it says. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation, I was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. He had a physical issue that he was asking God to get rid of. He didn't like it. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. So again, Paul says, listen, I'd like this to go. Next verse. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ might rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul had a problem he wanted to have fixed and God says, no. I'll give you what you need. And Paul had the right adjustment. Okay, if that's what you want, Lord, I would rather glory in my infirmities. Right? Most gladly, therefore. Paul went to God and said, I'd like you to change this situation. And God says, no, you need to change your heart. And Paul says, okay. This thorn in the flesh, this messenger of Satan, this problem that I'm having, I'll gladly glory in it because that's what god wants from me right now you see the difference again god didn't have to change paul changed 
He lined himself up with what God was doing. Keep going. True goal of prayer is to line up with God's will. What did Jesus say just last chapter in the model prayer? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In the garden when he was praying, right? Right there, he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as thy will, but as thou wilt. Even Jesus said, listen, I don't like what I'm going to have to do, Lord. But it's not about what I want. It's about what we have planned. We talked about it this morning in Sunday school. Jesus was savior of the world before God even created the world. He knew what he had to do. The example was he lined himself up with God's will. So the question is, what are we praying for? Why are we praying? Are we praying because we want situations different? We can want that, but that's not our goal. Our goal in prayer is not to continue to go to God and say, you need to change what's going on here. Our goal is we should be saying, Lord, this is the situation I'm in. What is it you want from me? Not my will, but your will. Keep going. We want God to change our situation. God wants to change us. If we would approach prayer in this, a lot of those other verses make a whole lot more sense. Because we're not going with a grocery list saying, Lord, you're not giving me this. I asked you for that. I want this. And you know what? If we would go, Lord, these are some of my needs, but please show me how I fit into this plan that you have, right? So many Christians are sad, angry, confused because God hasn't answered their prayer. Well, what do you mean God hasn't answered your prayer? If you're asking God to change your situation, maybe he hasn't. If you're asking God to line you up with his will, not yours, then I guarantee you he's probably answered that prayer. Because if he has you in the situation, God is sovereign, we talked about it. If he is in control of all things and he never does anything to hurt his children, everything that happens in our lives is for a purpose. If we would realize that and say, Lord, these things going on, I don't like it. I wish it was different, but uh, this is not my plan. It's yours. Lord, help me to find out what you want from me in this plan. Maybe it's because they're not willing to change themselves and allow God to accomplish his, uh, his plan to accomplish his will in our lives. Now, I started, not started, but in the midst of this, I told you, I do not have this down. I will not pretend I have this down. There are situations in my life that I go, I don't like this one bit. I wish it wasn't this way. And again, if I did something to cause it, then maybe I can fix it. But if it's something that God has brought into my life, it's not my job to hound and nag him until he, I get what I want. My perseverance, my pray without ceasing, my going to God with prayer and all supplications and everything is to bring myself in compliance to God's plan. Lord, I'm not sure why this is happening but whatever it is, would you make it your will and help me to fulfill my part in it? Father, there's this struggle I'm having, and Satan's coming after me, and I don't like it. But yes, your grace is sufficient. 
And so I'll gladly look at this circumstance and glory in it if I know I am walking in your will. If we would pray the way we're supposed to pray, a lot of these other issues would just dissolve. If we would just trust God. Dan said it again, and again, I didn't hand him my notes this morning. In Sunday school, he reminded us we would have no distress, no worries, no concern, no stress in our lives if we would remember that God is sovereign. Our problem is, is we take God's plan and then put our wants way up here. And when we pray for those wants that don't line up with what he's doing, we get upset thinking something's wrong. And it needs to be just the opposite. We have our desires and our wants, how we'd like to see things, but they have to be filtered through what God's plan and his will is. And we can ask him for something, and he doesn't have a problem with us asking for something, as long as we understand that it's all subject to his will. Okay, do I like the fact that many of us here have health problems? That we could have not those health problems? There's a great way to put a sentence together. I'd love for us to all be healthy and everything. But you know what? That's not necessarily what God wants for us. So do we pray and think God is failing because he hasn't taken care of our health problem? Or do we pray and say, Lord, I have this health problem. You have brought this into my life. How are you, are you going to use this to accomplish your will in my life? If we would pray like that, our outlook on life would be a whole lot better. Because we wouldn't get frustrated because things weren't being done the way we're asking. Right? Habakkuk, I cry, O Lord, and you're not answering me. And God says, oh yeah, I'll give you an answer. And he goes, man, praise God, blessed be to you, man. The Lord, he is mighty, he is awesome. Go ahead and read Habakkuk. It's three chapters. Pretty severe stuff there as God's judgment. But Habakkuk came to the realization that it's not about what he wanted, it was about what God was doing. And so, last slide. Are you... Are you asking God for his will to be done? Right, that's where we start. It started out with point number one that Jesus is saying, ask, seek, knock. Go to God and say, Lord, there's these things going on. What? What should I do? How should I line myself up? What are you expecting from me? What is the thing you're working on? Help line me up with your will. Number two, are you persevering? Not nagging God, well, I've been asking you for years for this, Lord, and you haven't answered it. No. Are you persevering and saying, God, again today I come to you and say, there's this struggle I'm having, but help me to walk in your will, your plan. Not you're not curing my problem. Lord, how is this working in my life? I'll gladly glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ might rest upon me. Number three, is your prayer life founded on your relationship with your Heavenly Father? And we say, oh, that's cute. He is your Father. How much did you have a loving relationship with your dad? When you were a kid, you knew he'd take care of you. I hope so. But that's why God said, even there, even your father, you fathers who are evil, can treat your kids halfway decent. How much more will a Heavenly Father do that? Do we have that proper relationship, that trust and understanding that God is always going to take care of us no matter what? 
And just because there's something in our lives we don't like doesn't mean God's screwing up. Our job is to line up with him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I wish I had this down. There are times in my life where I come to you and I want. I got a list. There are things I need taken care of. And Lord, just like an earthly dad, we don't have a problem hearing the desires of our children. Right? We have the petitions with God. We can go boldly before his throne and bring our requests. Seek, ask, knock. But Lord, the issue is not, are we getting what we want? Our list isn't getting answered. Father, the true focus is, am I okay with your will in my life? And yeah, it may be a hard time. It may be something I don't like. It may be something that I'm asking for help. But Lord, not my will but thy will be done. You are sovereign. You are in control of all things. And I don't need to worry. And so, Lord, please help us as we go and ask God for the proper thing. Not always to fix the issue, the circumstance, the problem. Not to get angry or frustrated or upset because we're not getting what we want. But Lord, we are ready to change our own selves to conform to you, not the other way around. So Father, thank you so much for your word and what it teaches us. Lord, help us to pray. In Jesus' name, amen.